This is the IFF TV podcast. Hello, Mark the Irish Football Fan TV. We are back. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks. We've been enjoying the World Cup, but we're back with the Irish Abroad Show. Probably got to start off talking a little bit about the World Cup just to get us back in the mood. We've been away for a, a short period. I'm joined by Jared Brown, and uh, yeah, it's been a while since the two of us done a video together, Jared. So, how are you? Yeah, all good. Um, as I said, like it's been a we're a couple of weeks normally this time of year we'll be tucking ourselves into a feast of Premier League action the Champions League Europa League all then kind of group stages will be coming to a conclusion but as you say we've been smack bang in the middle of a World Cup over the last kind of couple of weeks good to see a bit of a uh, bit more club football return this week across the water in England with the Championship obviously so much Irish involvement but yeah the World Cup has been taking centre stage it's mad to think now we're down to to four teams this time next week it'll be all over um we could have back-to-back champions. We could have new champions that remain and see. It's been a good tournament. I think it was one of them, probably like a lot of people, took a while to kind of buy into because of the run-up of club games. It didn't have the traditional normal build-up of the friendlies and all that. And it kind of took you a while to get your kind of head around it. But no, the group stages were brilliant. Uh, loads of excitement, loads of groups just decided by goal difference. Um, no one finishing with maximum points. I think everyone bar Qatar and Canada taking home at least a point from the tournament. Knockout stages, I think, as you expected, probably been a little bit cagey. I think the quarterfinals, though, would definitely be better than the round of 16. Uh, Friday, you know, two great games of drama. Saturday, a brilliant upset with Morocco and a great underdog story, which I think a small country like ourselves, Ireland, can, can very much relate to. I think the major comparisons between ourselves and of ourselves in 1990 and, and Morocco this year. And then England France last night was, a, first and foremost, just a brilliant game of two high-quality teams uh, going right at it. And, Probably from our perspective, definitely from a sporting point of view, it's always good to see your neighbours been beaten and knocked out. Do feel sorry for Harry Harry Kane. Um, I actually don't mind Harry Kane in general. I guess a person, and I think he's a fantastic player. Just kind of the, the criticism stick he's going to get, and I think it is fair to say it's one of them that's going to eat away at him for a long time. But without naming names, there are definitely certain individuals in that England squad and on the field of play last night that I have no ounce of sympathy for whatsoever. Yeah, and I think we can all concur on that. Um, yeah, I think it's been a great tournament, to be fair. I, I've actually been lucky enough that I've been able to sit in and watch games. It was great at the start when they had the four games in a yeah. day, the start of the group stages. That was great. It was just football, football, football. Um, obviously, as you say, that has its reasons why people don't want to watch it, and I understand that and I respect that. But um, just from a purely footballing, sporting um perspective i just think it's been a brilliant tournament as you said teams like morocco turning up and, and getting huge results against big teams like spain and portugal you have teams like um you know the the, the argentina holland game was was one of the best games of football you'll see um just for the pure entertainment and drama of it like when people say football is boring i just don't understand how people when they see a game like that they don't like football i just i just honestly think that's weird but um and then, and then you've obviously got like um, Brazil going out to Croatia and stuff like that as well. Which it looked like after Brazil played Korea, that you know they were champions and waiting. And then obviously you have the you know everyone's really hoping now that it's going to be the World Cup that Messi wins it and brings it home and, and probably declares himself as the best player ever or or the best player in the world. Um, whatever way you want to look at, it, everyone's going to have their own opinion on on that as well but I think overall when you're kind of looking at it and then obviously the, the icing on the cake now everything everyone that's not English can enjoy the tournament now 
um, going forward for the semi-finals and the final, knowing that England don't have a chance of winning it now because they're out, of course. And uh, yeah, I just think overall now, I think everybody's just quite happy. I'm going to enjoy the rest of the tournament now. And it kind of, it's it's a nice way then to kind of bring the football back um, just in time for Christmas. Um, and then obviously we have the championship and stuff like that, which we'll be talking about. But yeah, as far as the tournament's go, going so far, really, really enjoyed it. Would you uh would you have bought into a winter world cup would you like to see this going forward or would you i know the next world cup is going to return to the traditional summer day would you like it to remain that way i still think as much as i enjoyed the world cup i'm still kind of thinking to myself you still have premier league you still have the champions league as i touched on we didn't have anything this summer apart from the nation's league games and they wrapped up by early june there was a massive long break i know obviously you had the league of ireland and the irish involvement in europe kicked off in july but in terms of having a big global event to kind of watch I still think I'd prefer to see the World Cup in the summer going forward. Yeah, well, I think it's. Um, I, I'm very much. I I'm very settled in my ways. Like I, I, I hear them always talking about making changes to the Champions League, making changes to the World Cup. I hate all that. I I much prefer. Yeah. You know, in the summer you have your World Cup. It's there. It's the excitement. It's at the end of the season when there's nothing else on. Um, it's something that everybody looks forward to. There's always that dra- drama towards the end of the season, players getting injured and will they make it on time? And I know we had a bit of that coming into this tournament, but I just think it's 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 because of the tradition of it. Um, you know, you generally you'll meet up with your mates, you'll go, you'll you'll enjoy it together on a nice summer's day in a beer garden somewhere or something like that. Same with you know the the, the European Championships. They're great occasions to go with your friends, and if your if your country aren't in it it's even a great opportunity to just go and watch football um a nice neutral uh, venue and a nice neutral game and if there's any sort of drama with it in terms of you know it's a 3-3 thriller goes to extra time and the team get beaten on uh, penalties that's what you want to see um it's just just it is brutal in terms of because it once you're out you're out as england saw um as they, I think they were planning on, on bringing the trophy home and Declan Rice's uh, empty suitcase, but um, that wasn't to be for them, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, um, I think going forward, I, I like to keep the traditions. I, I just don't see why you'd change it. The, the, the entertainment factor is there. Um, there's no reason really for to, to change it. The only reason we know why it was done for this one was because if they played it in the summer, you know, players wouldn't be able to cope with the heat. And... Um, Obviously, the way it is, uh, we all know that you know it was pretty much, very much corrupt that Qatar got the World Cup in the end and money talk. So that's <coughs> I think why that that was arranged that that way. So um, I'm just hoping going forward that they do just you know get the get the right venues and host it properly and just let the football do the talking because it's been too much. There's too much emphasis on everything around the World Cup rather than the actual football, and that's the thing that's annoying me the most. It's all everything's so political, and it's like if you say anything about the the World Cup, or you're you're a bad person if you comment on it. I'm a football fan. I'm gonna watch the biggest occasion in the world, which is the World Cup, most watched. I'm pretty sure it is the most watched um, sport I- I- tournament in the world. So why am I not gonna watch it? You know. Yeah, I'm 100% agree with you on pretty much everything you said there. I was just even thinking to myself, contrasting from the last quarterfinals in 2018, I remember going to Dicey's Beer Garden, T-shirt, shorts, sunglasses on, everything else like that. Friday night, sitting in, 
it's minus two, minus three outside. You're in front of a fire, warm. I even had the task of the electricity going, watching the game on the phone in the dark. So yeah, some some contrast. But same as you, I much prefer having to fill that gap during the summer when you already have your club football during the winter. And speaking of that, we might as well jump on to what we're kind of mainly here to talk about is the Irish Broadshow, the re- return of the championship this weekend. Uh, not all teams, of course, are back to full complement of players. I see the likes of the QPR Burnley game today. They had a couple of Morocco players involved on either side. So, But most players now are, are kind of back at this stage. And as always, there was a heavy Irish involvement from the weekend gone by. So we'll go through it. Uh, CJ Hamilton played the final 21 minutes of Blackpool's nil-nil draw at home to Birmingham City. Uh, Lang's live gave him a 6 out of 10 rating for the time he was on the pitch. Darrell Anahan played every second of Middlesbrough's 2-1 win over Luton. They were, on very, they were on a great run of form before the break, and they've continued that now with four wins in the last five. There's three points off the playoff. Good turnaround from Borough there after a slow start to the season. Will Keane got his eighth goal of the season and getting the equaliser in Wigan's 1-1 draw away to Millwall. Of course, Colo Torrey's first game in charge of the Lashics. Uh, so including assists, it's now 10 goal involvement for Keane this season. James McLean also started for the visitors while Dan McNamara lined out for Millwall. John Egan, Kieran Clark, and Enda Stevens all helped Sheffield United keep a clean sheet in their 1 0 win over Huddersfield. Again, another team who were flying before the break and they've kept that momentum going. Uh, Egan and Clark were both given 7 out of 10 ratings and were very much praised for their defensive contributions. Egan actually even could have scored late on uh, with a header. Stevens was given a 6 out of 10 rating uh, from Football League World, I should say, these ratings to come from. And he was more praised for his uh, attacking contributions throughout the game. He also got a couple of uh, good blocks in the second half. Caleb Robinson was on the score sheet. He got his fourth goal of the season by grabbing an equaliser in Cardiff City's 2-2 draw away to Stoke City. Uh, Callum O'Dowda also started his game for the Bluebirds while Will Smallbone started for the home side. O'Dowda was just given a 5 out of 10 rating Wales online saying he didn't really quite show what he was capable of throughout the game where Robinson got a 6 out of 10 rating saying nothing really came off him the first half his touch left him down and he was struggling off the ball too but he always seemed to be in the right place or in the right he always seems to be in the right spot and took his goal well so an improvement from Robinson after break uh, with that goal obviously being the ice and the cake for him uh, good news as well for Irish fans Adam Eda made his first appearance for Norwich since the end of August as he appeared as a substitute for the last 10 minutes in their 1-0 win Away to Swansea, City, of course, Swansea City, of course. Either kind of been the story of his career. It was an injury that's kind of ruled him out since August. He even starts the season injured, so it's kind of been a, a topsy turvy season. But hopefully now, with that break under his belt, he can kind of get running again. And it's also good to see Andrew Omobamdeli, who also hasn't been in the match today squad for Norwich since mid October. He's returned from injury, not involved, but look, it's good to see him back in the mid in the match day squad. So there's a good chance he might feature for their next game next weekend. Ryan Manning played the entire 90 minutes of this game for Swansea, while Michael Obafemi wasn't involved due to injury. Uh, Wales Online gave Manning a 6 out of 10 rating, saying pushing numerous dangerous crosses from the left flank and was always an option when Swansea wanted to spread play. So despite defeat, it seems like Manning still had a good individual innings in that match. Jeff Hendrick, 90 minutes, and Shane Long, 24 minutes, both featured in Reading's 1-0 win over Coventry City. Before the break, they're the most up-and-down team in the Championship, so it'll be interesting to see would that trend now continue but they've started the resumption of the league with a good win. Hendrick got a 5 out of 10 rating from Berkshire Live, saying played in a deeper line midfield role, and a lot of the play did seem to pass him by, although he was often available for a pass and helped take pressure off the defence. But Shane Long got a lot of praise for the 24 minutes he was on the pitch. He got a 7 out of 10 rating, saying pressed, pressed high and wide, allowing his 
allowing his moments uh moments breeder um uh, i quite excited to pick that one up wrong a little bit um there was plenty of irish involvement in the rotherham versus bristol city match including chinozi ogbeni scoring past his republic of ireland teammate max o'leary but uh that was as good as it got for chinozi and, and rotherham as bristol city actually won that game 3-1 but chinozi has continued what has been a very good individual season for him. It's now seven goals this season for him, six in the league. Georgie Kelly came on as a substitute for Roger and midway through the second half of that game. As I mentioned, Max O'Leary, who was very much number two last season with Bristol City, but he seems to be number one now this season, which is good. Adds more competition for Stephen Kenny in terms of that number one spot, as if he doesn't already have enough headaches there. Um, he was between the posts for Bristol City, and Mark Sykes came on just after half time as well. O'Leary got a 7 out of 10 rating, from Bristol Live, while Sykes got a 6 out of 10 rating. And then finally, as well from yesterday, Greg Cunningham got an assist as Preston North End trashed fellow Lancashire rivals Blackburn Rovers 4-1 at Ewood Park. Uh, Sammy Smollett spent 56 minutes this game for the host. Cunningham got an 8 out of 10 rating from Langside, saying, assured in everything he did, uh, played out from the back well, defended properly, and guided Fernandez throughout the game with his experience. Played out as back nicely, you know, and guided Fernandes for experience throughout the game. I called that out already. Uh, pinpoint cross to pick out Evans for the third goal. And the same publication gives Sammy Smollett a 4 out of 10 rating, saying, ran around who was barely in the game, didn't offer anything, but in fairness, the problems were further behind him, which I think the scoreline would also indicate. And then from today's involvement, Josh Cullen picked up a yellow card, who was still part of a Burnley team that remained top of the table with a good comprehensive 3-0 win away to QPR. Lang's Live gave him a 7 out of 10 rating, saying Tigers in midfield and played in a more advanced role than he has so far for Burnley. As for QPR, Jimmy Dunn, as he always does seem to be a regular, he started the game, while Sinclair Armstrong and Chidipo were both introduced in the second half for the London side. And then finally, Sean McLaughlin actually made his first league start of the season for Hull City in their 0-0 draw away to Watford. Regular last season, seemed to be doing very well. Hasn't quite happened from, but maybe now this break has coincided just perfectly with him getting the start there today. So, yeah, a lot to get through, Paul. There, I suppose the main ones to touch on the likes of Chinozio Benny finding the back of the net, Callum Robinson, and a good an assist there for um, Greg Cunningham, and also good uh, performance in the moment from the likes of the, the trio from Sheffield United and Shane Long. Yeah, well, I, I suppose I'll touch on the um, Cunningham one because I watched that game yesterday. Um, it was on. It was the early kickoff around twelve o'clock. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a fantastic game. To be fair, not a lot of Irish inclusion, um, which I thought there would be. I was looking around, going, "Where's Robbie Brady?" And I know Troy Parrott's been injured, um, and Alan Brown apparently was injured too. So I was looking kind of for those players to see how they were getting on. And um, while I was looking for them, obviously Cunningham provided a great cross, and he's been one of those players who's kind of been on the fringes, and whenever he kind of got in. He always there was something went wrong or someone was ahead of him and he never really got that chance. Um, I think just to, to get a, an opportunity to play in Kenny's team. Um, I think Kenny is a fan of his and wants to maybe get him in there, but for whatever reason, his body just doesn't seem to be able to to manage a a, a real workload. Maybe a little bit similar to Robbie Brady. Um, Callum Robinson, yeah, great to see him scoring goals, but again, I just. I I'd rather see him do more. Um, I'd rather see him get be more consistent, be playing in the Premier League. He's shown that he can play there, but he needs to prove that he can play there uh, on a more regular basis and and prove that uh, he is able to make that next step up. Because 
we know that the, the lads that went up previously, Egan and Stevens, when they went up, they showed that they were well able to adapt to the Premier League and they were really good performers in the Premier League in the season that that they went up. And Callum Robinson just simply wasn't. Um, and then for West Brom, then he turned up in the Chelsea games but didn't score uh, any other in any other games. So now he's at Cardiff. He's, he seems to be enjoying his football there. Um, he was really good for Ireland in the last um, game we had. I think it was the last home game we had. Um, I thought he was really good in that game. Um, himself and Obafemi started up top. And I think he's he's just, since he's gone to Cardiff now, he's just starting to look like the Callum Robinson of all. But again, um, I think after this season, he needs to be looking at going, like, where is my career really going? Because am I just going to be a championship journeyman or am I going to be uh, a player who can really make the step up internationally? And obviously then the Premier League. Because we want our our strikers playing in the Premier League and scoring goals. And I think that's probably where Ogbeni, that'll be his challenge now as well after scoring for Rotherham again. I know they lost the game, but he he's turned up this season. He's been put into centre-forward position. He scored the goals. I think he probably owes Stephen Kenny a bit of credit for putting him in that position to begin with. So he's starting to get more opportunities to play there up front. Um, where he probably wasn't playing there obviously um, last season he was a right wing back at times and stuff like that so to see him get his, his opportunity up front he seems to be ch- seems to be taking it sorry. so I think it'll be interesting to see at the end of the season does he stay with Rotherham um, or does he try to get a move either up in a higher club in the championship maybe one that come down from the Premier League or will he get taken up by a club in the Premier League and then we can we can see if he can deliver on a consistent basis um, whereas yeah, some of the other players you mentioned like Shane Long I think his time has passed He's he's been a good servant I think we just need to look away from himself uh, as a real option for us going forward I think let him enjoy the, the last few years of his club career um, and if we're really really stuck then pull him in but otherwise I don't see the, the real need good to see Adam Eda back uh, Omar Badmadeli I, I really hope he gets back we'll, I think we'll need him in March and uh, yeah I think um John Egan and Ender Stevens, I'd love to see back with Sheffield United back in the Premier League. I loved the Sheffield United team that came up with Chris Wilder in the Premier League during the uh, pandemic. I, I thought that was a really good side. Really enjoyed watching them, and I thought Egan was huge for them. And he's been brilliant for Ireland as well. Um, he's got a good few goals in the last few games. He's been fairly prolific for us, um, and probably taken Shane Duffy's role uh, in terms of scoring goals for the Irish national team now and, and being that leader and, and he seems to be the captain now because when, even when Seamus Coleman is there or, or Duffy Egan seems to be the one who's captain in the side now so yeah um, I think a lot of it's positive uh, just need to get some players back from injury now and just kind of go from there I think Yeah just even like touching the first point you made there about Callum Robinson I think even just reading that report on there from Cardiff it's, it's kind of sounds similar to in the Ireland game as you said there's times you just want to see him a little bit more involved. I know he was there, the right man, the right place to pounce upon that mall to mistake and get the goal. But even other than that, like in general, I found him very frustrating tonight. He just sometimes doesn't maybe overly get himself involved in the game. And it's kind of one of them, unless he's not scoring, you kind of see, look to see what he's doing, where he's looking at someone like Obeni, Obafemi, they're always on the heels of the defender and that kind of way. And I agree with you, he's 27 now. I kind of feel like, you know, he's as you said, he was there in the Premier League with Sheffield United. For one reason or another, you know, they got on a run. You don't go change the team. Didn't happen from went to West Brom. He said, apart from the Chelsea games, he never really seemed to show up. He had his Premier League chances, didn't kind of quite work out from. He's always seemed to be able to do quite well in the championship. 
you kind of feel like if he's going to get one more crack at the Premier League, you feel like this is kind of now or never for him because you say like he's going to be 28, 29 next season. He's getting that little bit older. You know, as you kind of say, the opportunity might have just kind of passed him by as well. Just another one as well I meant to, to touch on there as well and scoring goals is Will Keane. Like that's eight goals this season after stepping up from League One. He has played in the championship level before, but he's really struggled. I remember he was there when Nick McCarthy was over Ipswich when they got relegated and he didn't really do a lot. It's interesting. You look at him and you maybe look at someone like Obafemi and Parrish, and I know they've maybe had injury problems. But obviously, I do think going forward, they are our best prospects and you know the ones we're trying to stick with. But they do seem sometimes maybe to struggle for that little bit of consistency in the championship. Maybe it's because of injuries. Maybe it's just because they're physically still not quite there because they're still only 2021. 20, where Keane is now a man. He's in his late 20s. Physically, he's kind of quite there. But you look at him international level, He's really kind of seemed to struggle for Ireland. It's, it's kind of fair to say. It's interesting when you look at the contrast where you can see Obafemi and, and Parrot, like you can see prospects and how they can do well for Ireland going forward. Yeah, well, I think with uh, with Keane, he's just looked totally um, like he can't adapt to Irish, uh, international yeah. football. Sorry, not Irish football. Um, I just think, yeah, uh, whereas Robinson, I think he's had a good international window, but it, it can be strange like that with the international windows because players can come in having had really good form, uh, come into the international break and then not hit, not just not do well and then they're dropped for the next game and someone else comes in. That's the way Kenny has done it um, so far anyway when he's had full-strength team. like He's had players like uh, Obafemi came in and he's dropped out Ogbeni, even though Ogbeni was doing really well for him. And he dropped him out, brought in Troy, and, and that dynamic seemed to really work well. Um, and then against Scotland away, it didn't really work well, you know what I mean? So it's just kind of one of those things. And then he, I think Troy then lost his place. He obviously got injured then too. So um, it's just kind of one of those things. I think Will Keane, unless he starts really you know, scoring um, big goals and helping, I suppose, Wigan get into the Premier League, I don't think he'll be one of the first uh, choice players but look he's he's really came on he's really improved I think he's got over his injury woes and uh, he seems to be really enjoying football at Wigan um, same as James McLean he's he's actually been playing some of his best football the last two seasons and I know uh, last season he was in League One but you know himself and Will Keane were two of the biggest reasons how they got back up into the Championship yeah, and, and as well, it's nice thing to see for James McLean. He's actually really well liked by Wigan fans because I know sometimes some of the clubs he's played for fans mightn't have always maybe taken to him mainly just because of everything that surrounds the poppy and Remembrance Day and all that. Just lastly, to touch on with the championship, you touched on there, you know, it shows kind of keeps going with the form in. He could be knocking on the door of possibly Premier League clubs next, next season. One player I'd be very confident one way or another, I think that will be playing Premier League football next season is Josh Cullen. Burnley are absolutely flying it, but I think if for some reason if they don't get promoted, which I think they will, I think he will definitely be knocking on the door of Premier League clubs in the summer. Yeah, he's my favourite Irish player at the moment, just the way he plays the game. And when I go to Ireland games, I know that he'll be the player who sets the tempo and he's the one who's, who's supplying all the good passes and he's the one that seems to be the one that really wants to get the game by the scruff of the neck. Even though he's probably the... like the most sitting of the midfielders. He just tried to get involved in every aspect of the game, whether it's playing out from the back or whether it's getting forward uh, and trying to make things happen from in and around the edge of the box. Um, he's just really gone on up in levels since, since he started working with Vincent Company. Um, he's just really, his game's been developed brilliantly. 
Um, he was always a good player. Don't get me wrong. He was never. You never yeah. look at him and say he wasn't good. But I think he's he's really gone up in levels. And I think even when he was at Charlton and stuff like that, um, they they really liked him and stuff like that. But I think now he's 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 at that stage where he's an international regular for us. Um, and he probably should be playing for a team in the in the Premier League now next season, uh, as you say, because he's been brilliant and. I think he's. It's just the case now of if he doesn't stick with Burnley, and he he probably he probably owes a lot of loyalty to company. So, um, I think it heavily depend on whether they go up or not. Um, that that could really depend on that because I think he, at some stage, even though he needs to be selfish of his his own career, company's been very. Uh, how would you put it? Lo- uh, loyal to him, and he's put a lot of faith in him. So I think he probably has to repay that faith by by maybe sticking with him. But then again, if company gets a job in the Premiership, you never know. He might take him with him like he did from Anderlecht. So th- there's that opportunity there and, and that possibility too. Yeah, I think it'd be great to see if Josh Cullen, obviously, because we don't have that many Irish players in the Premier League. But I think even for a personal point of view, it would mean a lot to him because I don't think he was ever really given a fair chance at West Ham. He'd come in. He do well in the cup game, and you'd never see him involved in the Premier League squad. And after that, like, so I think there's definitely that personal motivation as well for Josh. That's all from the Championship. We we'll skip down to League One, as we always kind of traditionally would have done on the show when it was myself and Paul Tierney. We kind of would have just kind of gone into Irish players who've done something over the weekend in League One, because as we're kind of seeing a lot more now with Stephen Kenny's squad, we're not really seeing that many players been picked from League One. So there's no point kind of rumbling through who played what and everything else like that when they're not really going to be major involved in the international window. So uh, just two or three bits of news from League One from the weekend. Of course, League One has been going on the whole time uh, during the World Cup. Uh, Warren O'Hara scored the opener for NK Dongs, but it wasn't enough as they went down 2-1 at home to Fleetwood. That is the centre-back's first goal of the season. Uh, Connor Grant and Dawson Devoy also started that game for NK Dongs. Well, Keane Hayes came off the bench to get an assist for Fleetwood's opening goal as they came from behind, as I already alluded to to win that match and promise I'm a share also started for Fleetwood to come up against his former Bohemians teammate Dawson Devoy there the James M- Collins the MK Dons the, the MK Dons boss got uh, sacked as well I think after the game or oh, right. sacked today was... anyway just so you know yeah so you wonder kind of how much that would have an effect on some of our young Irish players there Warren Harrod you know he's captain seasoned professional there as I said I think his place isn't on the track but the likes of Dawson Devoy Conor Grant Dara Burns who had been signed on as manager you know, fresh kids, first time playing in England, we're getting a nice bit of game time, getting a nice bit of exposure. So you kind of would be hoping that the new manager that comes in will continue that trend with them young lads and help continue their, their development progress. Because as we've seen from playing at international level for Ireland at underage and in the League of Ireland, they are some exciting prospects going forward. Yeah, hundred percent. I didn't mean to, to disrupt your flow there. It was just a, Sorry, in case we didn't uh, we didn't cover it. I didn't want to forget that. Um, yeah, Liam Manning. He seemed to put a lot of faith into the to the young lads. Um, but I was reading some of the tweets underneath the clubs. Um, uh, the club tweeted that they parted ways. Basically, and he just said that um, it's probably a good thing. He seemed like a good manager, but he wasn't playing the club's best prospects and stuff like that. So I don't know if that was a dig towards like maybe Dara Burns or something like that because I know he wasn't playing maybe as much as um, probably fans would have wanted him because he's been quite exciting for them um, but I don't know uh, it'll be interesting to see what manager comes in what style of play he does and then of course does he play with the lads I, 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 or sorry does he play the lads and I think players like I don't think players like Dawson Devoy or Warren will be affected by it Conor Grant maybe as well I think Dara may be but we'll have to see on that and we think Dara's well able to, to make the step up if needs be 
think we both know that from watching them. Um, so yeah, it's just it'll be interesting to see who comes in and what way he plays and and kind of go from there. But I do like MK Dons as a club; like they seem to be quite good and and they give young players a chance and stuff. So um, I would like to see them start doing well. Yeah, and I think definitely Dara Burns case like there's definitely enough credit in the bank for him to put his hand up and be knocking the door whoever comes in. Like he says, he's got a couple of goals couple of contributions this season as you said like he's a lively kind of player so hopefully that it won't have any effect and wasn't involved yesterday wasn't actually involved in the match squad maybe that was true injury i'm not 100 percent sure um just moving on james collins did uh, also find the net for derby county while connor harahan actually provided the assist for him as they drew 1-1 away to burton albion that's now seven goals this season for collins uh Herhan is now up to six goal involvements this season between three goals and three assists Dave McGoldrick and Aaron Cashin also both started for the Rams while Jason Knight came on for the closing 10 minutes that game. It's been a frustrating season for Jason Knight. Injuries as well, it hasn't really kind of helped him. I know he's only just kind of recently come back from injury. I think it's the first, I think the last couple of weeks he's only been coming on for single minutes uh, appearances. Um, disappointing and frustrating because this was definitely one player that we thought, despite the fact Derby were relegated, it's okay. He's got enough credit in the bank as well. He's got enough talent, enough prospects. He's proven himself in the championship for the last couple of years, he's going to get moved. Look, you still forget how young Jason Knight is. That I still think, you know, every every player now and then maybe has a little bit of kind of a, of a dip. As I say, like injuries probably also hasn't helped him this season. Yeah, I think everybody loves Jason Knight, what he offers the team and, and what he brings um, in terms of his tenacity, aggression, um, and, and probably overall quality as well. I think he's a player who who does need a move. I think I'd love to see him go to a, a bigger, better club in a better league, whether it was in England or whether it was um, abroad. I think he would thrive in a team abroad as well. Uh, I just love everything about him. Uh, as, uh, like he's, he's, he's just a real honest player, but he also has that bit of snide that I love. Um, I don't think enough of our Irish players have that. It's that you know he's not afraid to to foul a fellow and it's in the last minute of a game and he's on the attack and to stop a counter attack he'll put, happily pull someone down even if it's a friendly. Um, I don't think enough of our players. I think a lot of our players are too nice in that regard. Um, whereas he isn't like that at all. Very good game management. He probably learned that from Rooney. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd I'd love for him to just you know, get over the injuries at the moment. Um, maybe in January he might move somewhere better. But the Irish lads seem to be enjoying themselves at Derby. So um, as long as they're enjoying themselves and playing well, but I think for, for, for Knight's sake uh, internationally and going forward, he needs to be playing at the highest level possible for him, for his development um, more than anything, and then just go from there. Yeah, and general derby, considering all the off the field issues had the last couple of years, they're, they're going quite well in League One, steady enough. Like it looks like they're definitely going to be challenging around the playoffs come the end of the season. Just finally, three more bits of news. One more from League One. Uh, Jordan Shipley assisted the opening goal for Shrewsbury as they edged both Wanderers three two at home. That's now nine goal involvement for Shipley this season. Seems to have really found his feet. At Shrewsbury was a commentary of the last couple of years. Was in out team, couldn't really set himself. At championship level but he's dropped down to league one this season he seems to be absolutely flying so it's good to see from that uh point of view uh nothing to report from league two no irish player any goal involvement good bad or indifferent there and just two bits of information from the national league former under 21 international joe quickly completed the scoring for chesterfield in their 3-1 victory over dorking uh that's now his fifth goal of the season and former under underage international kane ferdinand got his second goal assist second goal of the season in maidenhead 4-3 defeat to Notts County. 
Um, that's pretty much all to wrap up. Two, two other things actually on the Premier League. I know uh, Tayo Aradamola played against uh, Napoli today for um, Crystal Palace. And right. uh, Andy Moran as well play, uh, played against Aston Villa for Brighton the other day and he got an assist for the goals as well. So I know we, we maybe missed that, but um, definitely two really good prospects um, to talk about as well, just to finish. Yeah, and Alex Murphy played in the friendly for Newcastle as well uh, there during the week as well. So correct, yeah, good yeah. to see green green shoots coming through there as well. And who knows, you know, if we hear a lot of the English media say, say it's okay, we've got another tournament of 14, 18 months and like, you have to qualify for us, boys, but hopefully, fingers crossed, although a big ask ahead of us, we will also be at that tournament in Germany in Euro 2024. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. The World Cup that we're definitely at next year is uh, the Women's World Cup because we've yeah. qualified for that. So, yeah, um, things are looking up, I suppose, in some ways. Um, and, yeah, I suppose the football is back just in time for Christmas, so it'll be on over the Christmas and we won't be... Um, starved of it not that we've been starved in the World Cup but you know what I mean sometimes over Christmas you're kind of struggling to find football but these days you're never actually uh, starved for football at all because it seems to be on every day there seems to be a game these days yeah pretty pretty much the way they have them all now spaced out as well for television so we definitely won't be stuck for entertainment between now and the new year yeah well I think we'll uh We'll leave it at that then for this week's Irish Abroad Show. Thanks very much. Jer, you brought the facts, um, so fair play to you. Um, let us know your thoughts in the comments. Don't forget to like the video. Don't forget to subscribe. And uh, yeah, um, check us out on podcast there as well. If you want to listen to this on a podcast, uh, it should be there, IFF TV podcast. So yeah, we'll speak to you all soon. Thanks for watching and God bless.